Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast. I am your host, Martino Puccio. Alongside me for this episode is Pep Barisha, no Santangelo. Um, he is feeling a bit under the weather. Uh, Pet, absolute chaos ensuing in England, pretty much all across Europe and actually the globe, if we really wanted to get into that, but we obviously won't. Um, first of all, how you doing? Arsenal uh, positioning themselves very well to get back into the Champions League for the first time in a few years. Uh, yeah, they're doing well. I think um, you just had to be the least worst side um, to come forth this season after we saw how bad United became. And now who knows, Chelsea might actually get dragged into this top four race. Um, but it is definitely the most competitive Premier League I've seen because I've never known a, a league where, you know, the 10th, 11th place side are still pretty good. Um, mm. So... It's uh, it's 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 difficult, but again, Arsenal have, I think, I think they're the, the best form team in the league alongside Liverpool at the moment. I think they've won eight, drawn one, and lost one of the last ten. So that's pretty good going. Um, big big wins against Wolves, and then a win against Brentford in between, which kind of I, th- I think put Wolves outside of the. Uh, top four contention but yeah like that that top four race is getting pretty heated and also the Premier League race is seemingly back on so um, yeah it's 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 gonna be a good end to the Premier League season I think and I hope for Arsenal yeah I mean you're three games uh, behind fifth and fourth place uh, which is United West Ham it's so it's so strange sometimes how the how the Prem has so many teams that aren't aligned with the same amount of fixtures played it's just so. Yeah. It's just that's only how England works. There's no other way. So I think that's mainly because of COVID. Um, but you are correct in the sense that because some of these teams compete club, in club World Cups, League yeah, Cup, club World Cup, League Cup, it, it happens more regularly in the Prem. Yeah, no, exactly. Because we got maybe we just... maybe maybe we should have you know maybe postponed the League Cup for a couple of years during COVID. Who knows? Like that was. You know, I mean, that was a, that was a, that was up for a debate and discussion. But now all the Virgil Van Dyke fans have another trophy to add to their argument for the greatest <laughs> of all time. So I think they'll take that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we could kind of start from that match a little bit, right? Um, because it's just Chelsea in a nutshell. There isn't another club on this planet, in my opinion, uh, very few at least, that can compare to the complete chaos where winning, losing uh, trophies is involved in in the same week and in span of time. So we have them lose one of the craziest League Cup matches that you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. probably, probably the best one. Probably the atmosphere... they're definitely the best, the best League Cup final I've watched, yeah. I mean, I mean, what what else is it? It's just City winning it? easily every single time this was the first one that was like pretty even there was tons of offside goals var was getting involved um one of those by the way on lukaku is really that was that was poor that's poor the the, the other one that was contentious was the potential red card but look yeah yeah. what i'll say about that one which was navigator on trevor chalabar who i think had a really difficult afternoon with uh luis diaz who looks a bit of a monster but um yeah yeah. well done liverpool they've got another one there but (laughs) they they both do the exact same motion they both do the kind of they swing their leg up and then they're trying to stamp towards the ball and one of them gets there and now the other hits the player but like if they both hit each other there 
they're not going to get two red cards, right? So it's just dumb luck that one of them hits the other and one of them doesn't. And I think in a really highly competitive game where there was a lot of tackles, it was very intense. It was like a very, very intense game. Mm. I think you'd be... I, I know it wasn't even given a yellow, right? Which it probably should have. Um, but to give it a red, I would have I would have been quite annoyed as a neutral. And I think if you're a Liverpool fan, you would have been really gutted that that would have influenced the game so massively. But anyway, apart from that, it was a really, really good game. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want your thoughts before we get into the Roman part of things. Um, the decision on Mendy and Kepa. I think <laughs> when you go, when you listen, this is why managing on, on many levels, you hate baseball, but it's just the same across all sports, <laughs> right? You go by sometimes your numbers and then who's got the hot hand at one point, like in the yeah. NBA, final yeah, shot yeah. of the game. Do you want to put the guy statistically who shoots the best in certain situations or are you like LeBron James and you give it to the open player because yeah. that's what makes the most sense at the end of the day, right? Or is it the hot hand? Like there's so many different directions you can go down. Mendy was absolutely unbelievable. He he was outstanding that entire match. And, you know, conventional wisdom, I guess, would tell you is that you keep in the best informed keeper in the world at the current moment. And you let him try and save penalties because at the end of the day, I I get kept as better. I get that his number statistically come across better as a penalty stop shopper, a shot stopper. But for me, it's Mendy's got supreme confidence and I don't view penalties the same as other people do. I get the numbers. I get certain players go the same direction. Like Kepa was leaning the same direction that Van Dyke was going to shoot in. And Van Dyke <laughs> that still, was so funny. Still, he still shot that direction and scored. So what does that tell you? Even though you had the correct information in front of you, you can stop it. There's so many different factors. And I was tweeting about it during the match too, where it's, you have the most intense moments in sports when a player walks up to the penalty spot and the camera pans up into his face and you can see his destiny in his eyes. And that's absolutely one of the coolest things. But in that moment as well, to my point, is that you don't know what's going through their mind. You don't know if they're going to bang in that penalty or Jorginho's going to yeah. hop skip and hit the post. You don't know what's going to happen in that moment in time. And for me, it's like, just go with the guy who has the most confidence overall because those num- those numbers mean very little because how often do these guys actually take penalties? How often do they save them? And the manner in which they save these penalties is completely different to a penalty shootout. I don't know. For me, I like riding the hot hand. And I think with if Mendy had a mediocre type of match where he wasn't clearly otherworldly, then I get the change. But Mendy was too good to take out him and putting Kepa in that moment in which he didn't save 11 penalties. They went through 11. That's a lot. And he wasn't yeah. close to any of them. So, so, so my take on this is look like you can play the numbers game and it can be premeditated. Right. And the issue is when we talk about Martina, the best goalkeepers ever, mm-hmm. when you talk about like Manuel Neuer and when he was like in his pomp, I remember when was it when Arsenal played Bayern Munich at home and he and Welbeck's threw on goal and look like granted Welbeck isn't the the best finisher in the world um but he tries to lob Neuer and he kind of just catches it with one hand like a like a cat catching a a little ball right you remember the finish and I just thought to myself at that time like wow this guy is like from another planet like he's 
you know, it, it almost felt like, you know, when Messi trips over Boateng with, and you're <laughs> yeah, like, wow, yeah. this guy can do whatever he wants, right? Or you see the, you know, the Gareth Bale bicycle kick and you're like, yeah. wow, like this is just yeah. inhumane, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes goalkeepers just have that aura of being invincible on a day. I mean, I saw, you know, I watched Aaron Ramsdale this season against Leicester where he makes one of the most absurd saves ever and then is like unbeatable the entire game. And sometimes it's a confidence thing. It's also like a mental thing whereby the other team is like, we just can't beat this guy today. Um, It's like you see in basketball, right? Where like a player is like a really good rim protector and they've got like 10 blocks in a game and then players stop going into the lane. They stop going into the paint because they're like, I don't want to get blocked by Rudy Gobert again. (laughs) And like, I know, you know, I thought Mendy was really great. I think the double save he makes is a bit overrated because the first save he makes is actually not a good save. That should go like way out more. I know. Again, you're, I'm talking, really about, you're talking about spillage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, you, you, you can't spill that right at someone's feet. But he was amazing. Otherwise, uh, I think that the, the the header from Van Dijk as well was kind of straight at him. But he does he does well to get it away, especially in the last minute. You don't want to risk catching it. You keep him on. You let him do it. Like he's the guy that kept you in the game. I know Kepa's got you to that final, but yeah, I, I just uh, and again. I I actually think when you look at the the game the penalty shootout was one with Van, when Van Dyke scored the penalty because it was like mentally defeating of Kepa because after that every Liverpool player stood up and was just like we can shoot even if this guy's right in the corner yeah. and he's not going to save it yeah. and I think yeah. it's a it's a mental game as much as it's a a, a stats and a physical exactly one, my so. point and we're talking about a guy talk yeah. about mental I mean the biggest goalkeeper transfer bust of all time regardless if he's done well at moments at Chelsea to kind of rebound a little bit, but four straight cup final losses for Chelsea now in England. Um, uh, shout out to Nizar Kinsella for that stat because they lost to Leicester in the FA Cup final last year. Um, so yeah, uh, continuing with Chelsea, Roman Abramovich is selling Chelsea. I have the official statement here in front of me. Of course, I tabbed out of it. Um, let me just get back to pulling it up. But essentially, his reign is coming to an end, Pep. The writing's been on the wall. And he basically went out to say, I would like to address the speculation in media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea Football Club. As I have stated before, I have always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. In the current situation, I have therefore taken the decision to sell the club, as I believe this is the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club's sponsors and partners. Um, Obviously, he took over in 2003. His reign has been nearly uh, 20 years. Pet. I think there's different levels to compare ownership and when you purchase a club and what you do with a club and when you got the club and where you take it the day you leave personally. And this isn't me being prisoner at the moment, because I do think there have been better owners in the sport, but I don't think there has been an owner that has elevated a club from what they were when he purchased them to what they are when he's selling them. And, and that's Roman, whether or not you like the guy, um, and, and, and all the political stuff and, and everything behind that. I'm not here to argue that. I'm, I'm not an expert on it. I'm not well-educated on it. I'm not going to make a comment on that. But when we're talking about football and where Chelsea was in 2003 as a club and where they are now, they are bigger than some of the biggest clubs in the world that if I told you, you know, and, and it's just factually true at this point, uh, unfortunately, because of the last 10 years, 
in 2003, I told you they're going to be a bigger club than both of the Milan clubs and probably Juve to an extent, but maybe, maybe not. Mm. I wouldn't have the numbers in front of me. But you think about that and you say, wow, in about less than 20 years, because that's where we're at at this point, Chelsea's a bigger club than those. They win two European club cups. They dominate the Premier League at times, winning multiple league titles, and, and they go on to win domestic cups as well um, with some of the best players and moments that you will ever see in the sports history. Um I, I think what he did as an owner is just, it's unparalleled. And I don't think there's any comparison and I get what Manchester city has done. It's a little different, but they're not globally viewed as the same. They don't have the same European success and outside of Pep's city and the Aguero goal, there isn't that same type of global impact. City does no. not have that reach. It's not even close. I, I, I think it's partially a London thing, right? I think sure. it's a, you know, Look at the managers that Chelsea have been able to recruit since in Mourinho, right? You've had some of the best coaches of all time manage there, um, which is which is Ancelotti great. is one of them. Yeah. Ancelotti, Hiddink, um, trying to think who else. I mean, there was. Know. I mean, he was a big name at the time. Vias Boas, yeah, um, Boas was a big name um, at the time. Obviously, Antonio Conte winning the league title with them as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mourinho again. Yeah, Mourinho again. If you want to go <laughs> back to that, he won yeah, the league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a really um, good you know, I mean, Avram Grant was viewed as a as pretty good coach. Sorry, sorry, won the Euro. Sorry as well. Um, yeah, so they've, they've had loads of loads of prestigious managers and been able to attract really great talent. Like what I'll say is, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had here because, on one hand, this is like clear as day sports washing, right? Like he's stolen oil from Russia. He's come over, he's bought a club with that uh, cash so that his money isn't an asset. And then he's ended up selling it and make a load of money from it probably when it's sold, right? Well, he's and saying, again, he's, well the rumor the rumor was yeah. that he's going to donate all the net um, that he sure. makes from the sale of the club to charity. Sure, but like we, we don't know if he's ever taken like you know private accounts, like how much money he's taken from the sure. club in that time. He's he's going to walk, like they're going to, you know, he's, he's taking away the debt, but he's still going to take... A, you know three four billion dollar um sale from the club and again he's donating it whatever we'll, we'll see how that works it's also the net proceeds so there's in some interesting language there it's not necessarily the entire sale of the of the club it might be he gets his loan back and then he gives away the rest whatever it may be again the other side of the coin is like if roman abravovich so so the premier league turned into a big financial bubble as soon as the the, the the Premier League started right and became like not division one it became the Premier League and then the, we had the TV rights it became an international game more and more foreign players um more and more talent you then had that kind of early 2000s era of like United Arsenal and then Abramovich comes along Mourinho comes along and the, the rest is kind of history right mm-hmm. it kind of explodes from them because after that Martino you have the back-to-back, um, well, you have like how many English clubs are in a Champions League final in 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 that kind of era? Um, yeah, it was a disgusting Champions. amount. Uh, yeah. United was in there a bunch. Um, you had well, you had United, Barca. They beat Chelsea, obviously. Chelsea then went to go beat them. Bayern. Um, you guys lost to Barcelona in the one yeah. final in two thousand. So from two thousand six to two thousand twelve, you had like Arsenal, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah Arsenal, Liverpool, Liverpool was two thousand seven. Yeah, back-to-back. Arsenal, Liverpool. 
and then they Chelsea United, yeah. and then Barca United, and I don't remember 2010. 2010 was Inter and Bayern, and then yeah, and then you had 2011 was... where you had Barca United again, and then you had Chelsea Bayern. So it's just it was like a real period of dominance and and that's because like you had more and more bigger owners coming in more and more money bigger broadcast rights now look like where the league is now you have city city group you've got newcastle that have been bought by a saudi state mm-hmm. um which again you know on a personal level i don't agree with from a business perspective for the league like if you're thinking about the premier league getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and, and richer and richer like he's kind of set that domino effect off and look like i'm per- on a personal level I'm glad he's selling and I'm glad this might make the Premier League create better, more sustainable models within the league because look, like they've we've proven that it can happen, right? Liverpool mm. are a pretty sustainable model. Um, Arsenal have been up until COVID whereby the Cranks have lent them some money. But again, that's it's not, you know, $1.5 billion. It's under 200 million or something like that, which is, you know, not a lot of money com- considering how, how big a club Arsenal are. Um, there are a lot of, you know, sustainable projects in the league that have done well, Leicester, um, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I want to see the clubs that use money best, not just have the most money rewarded. And I really, you know, we, we've talked about FFP on this pod- podcast a lot and how bad <laughs> it's been. Uh, we were talking off air about how maybe the domestic version of it in Spain is a little bit better because we saw, you know, like Barcelona having to take cuts and sell players and loan players so they can register specific players. We saw Real Madrid go a whole window without signing anyone, um, maybe saving up for this summer coming. Um, we're going to talk about Bappe uh, later. But like I, I, on a personal level, I'm happy because of the person he is and like the ties he has with you know, a, a state that is causing the, the worst you know, conflict we've seen since you know, the Yugoslav war and, 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 you know, most certainly threatens to become bigger um, and maybe the biggest thing we've seen since World War Two. So again, on a personal level, I'm happy that he's gone. Um, but I do wonder if the Premier League have left it too little too late in terms of kind of getting rid of that sport washing angle, because as we've seen, Newcastle have been bought by a Saudi state. Man City are owned by a Saudi state. Um, uh, Everton are part owned by Usmanov. Um mm-hmm. Again, Arsenal are owned by a very incredibly successful consortium of business people in the US. They're not sports washing. They're just, you know, getting more assets. Same thing with the Glazer family. Same thing with Liverpool. Um, but we, we need to at least legit, like have legitimized actors uh, acting as the owners of these football clubs, is, is my opinion. So, uh, yeah, look, like, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Because yeah. the, the figure, I don't think he gets $4 billion. I think $3 billion is pushing it as well. I think he gets around anywhere between 25 to 3 It's just, it's going to be unprecedented numbers. It's going to be the biggest sale of a, of a sports franchise or club ever. Yeah. Um, because there hasn't been a club up for sale that's this expensive. Um, My New York Mets went for around $2.2 That's baseball. We're talking about the biggest sport in the world right now. And I believe these figures were under pounds as well. So obviously that number would be higher. Um, I think he could get to three. But what kind of person is going to be able to come in and get that? It's got to be a group of people, Pet. There's no way that it's actually going to be a singular owner with this. I mean, there's been rumors of some pe- uh, some people already. It's just it's just not a quick process. There has to be approval for it. 
I think it's going to be an American group. I, I just don't see oh, how it, it's it looks not. like it, right? It looks like it, and that's kind of a bit of a mess, isn't it? Consortium. I mean, it it, it, it depends. Clubs. It just depends on who it is. But yeah, I mean, group of investors. It just really depends because I could give people examples on here for our UK listeners out in Europe, right? So baseball is a, is a really great example. There's there's examples of owners that are singular uh, people, persons that that take over a club and do well because there isn't a, a, a power struggle at that point. But you also have the Los Angeles Dodgers who have been one of the best and most dominant teams within baseball and they're owned by a consortium group and that's headed by magic johnson and other people everyone understands their roles and there's no power struggle with it and it's been incredibly successful whereas you know there's other groups around around the places around places like you could even look for the glazers for example like who's running things because we could transition right now into manchester united pet we got rumors of Sir Alex Ferguson apparently wanting Mauricio Pochettino as the next manager. Okay, Pat, I'm sorry, but if you hire Ralph Ragnick, and we talked about this when this went down to begin with, because Matt and I were well versed in who he is and what he's about and how he builds his cl- builds his clubs, and, and, and the same as you, you know this. When you hire a guy to do his job, let him do his job. Why is Sir Alex Ferguson still in here? Sir Alex Ferguson was still the guy that was the one that held on for Ole for too long, Pet. They could have had Antonio Conte right now, and it could have maybe been a different scenario than what's going down at Spurs, because I think Spurs is more about the players and the owner than a lot of people like to let on, although Conte has not done a great job. He's been volatile. Let me get that clear. So... For me, who's making the decisions at Manchester United? Does Woodward supposed to be gone, but that guy still lingers. I I can't believe it. It's actually unbelievable. (laughs) Like you think he's gone. And then you you ever see that scene in in, in The Simpsons where they throw the drunk guy out of the bar and then all of a sudden he wipes his (laughs) hands. Mo wipes his hands. He's like, ah, there he goes. And then all of a sudden he's right behind him again. That's exactly who Ed Woodward is. And for me, I don't know how United's going to turn the corner. If this stuff keeps happening, because Pochettino is not the guy to hire. How is that possibly the guy that you want to go and point to when this dude can, uh, I, I, I can't, I, there, there's no words that I have right now without the known track record that we're living off of a run in which he lost to Leicester city. He lost the champions league final, literally won nothing, lost the league to Lille last year, already been eliminated from the French cup this season probably going to win the French league, but my God, you should, when you have three of the top 15 best players in the world. And then on top of it, he's, he's going to probably lose the champions league. They're not good enough. They might have a chance if they get a good enough draw, but my God, why is that the one who is supposed to turn around Manchester United? I, I, for the life of me, if he can't win as a front runner, then he can't turn around that club. There's just no way. So unpopular opinion. I think it'd be a decent hire. <laughs> um and look like sometimes it's horses for courses i think we're in a situation right now where the coaching talent isn't very high we saw a recent announcement that um la messiah are going to build a coaching version of it which i think is quite interesting like they're going to build like a coaching mess uh, la messiah yeah, yeah, which is like it is it, interesting to me and i think it speaks to like who are the young and up-and-coming coaches now that are going to like take on the mantle um they're getting there's fewer and fewer every year um and the ones who do get opportunities a la frank lampard Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, they're clearly not very good like Mikel arteta a lot of people still don't think he's that great i think he's a good coach but again 
jury's out. So there isn't a era of you know Peps and Mourinho's and so on and so forth coming out the woodwork randomly and becoming really good coaches. Um, and also, whilst in you know twenty years ago, Martino Ralph Hasentutu, who I think is a really good coach, would get a job at a top club. He's managing Southampton because the competition is so much higher, and big clubs can't afford to get it wrong, so they go and they go with a tried and tried and trusted characters. So my, my thinking is like Pochettino is a project coach. And I I personally think, and I, I rate him probably higher than most, that you at United need to reset. And the reason you need to reset is because the culture at the club is absolutely broken, right? Non-existent, got, yeah. Yeah, like, look, like, you've, like, you could literally sell everyone there apart from, like, Sancho... Uh, <laughs> See? Do you know what I mean? Like Alanga, Sancho, Luke Shaw, Elanga, like maybe <laughs> maybe Rashford, uh, maybe McTominay. Like the rest of them, though, I just it's it's, it's also, Yeah, because I I think some of them are just wrong fits. Like I don't think Rafael Varane is is good in this United team and it's because he's next to either Diego Dalot or Wan-Bissaka and in front of, but also like the other thing is a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, Harry Maguire has been shit and Luke Shaw has been shit. It's like, yeah, but like they were two of the best defenders at the Euros. Like th- this summer just gone. They've walked back into United and they look like they couldn't defend in like, well, the that, fucking, that's, like league two. Well, that's two right? or three years for Harry that he's been subpar. At least last season, he was actually pretty decent. I give yeah. him that. But yeah, but you revert but do you back see to what, what I mean? Do you see what I mean, Martino? Though, like, wh- the correlation is that like you've had loads of players who have gone and, and played really well at Euros, including Varane, who was pretty good, right? Although France fell short, he, he was one of their better players alongside you know Kante and Beppe and Benzema and Pogba. Um, they didn't have many others apart from that. Like, you just go to United and you just look like you can't play football. And I think it's a cultural mentality thing as much as it is a um, as much as it is like a footballing thing. Because look, Bruno Fernandes is very good at football. Jadon Sancho is very good at football. David De Gea is a decent goalkeeper. Rafael Varane is very good at football. Cristiano Ronaldo is still very good at football. But they are not playing very good football. And to me, it's kind of like there's big disjointment within the, um, within the camp. I think the coach is very like dry he's not a man manager like you see him in like press conferences he's very honest i can imagine that pisses a lot of players off because you can imagine if he's like that with the media what he says to players that play badly after a game um i just think they need a reset i need uh, you know pogba's gonna go i don't think ronaldo's gonna be there next i think he'll, no, there's a ch- no. i think there's a chance he maybe goes back to madrid i think there's a chance there mm. because you know mm. I think I think what could still happen, and this is just me romanticizing the possibility of it all, is if Mbappe leaves PSG, they want to go and pounce. Mm, maybe that's Messi. just a that's just a brand thing. Like Messi, Neymar, and Bruno. <laughs> are, are you kidding me? You have two of the top three players of all time playing next to each other. Heated <laughs> rivals crazy. for why wouldn't you want to see it i like dude i wouldn't care if they didn't win the champions league i just i don't care we, yeah i'd love to see it I'd we be just amazing. got that one year because you know what it's going to be it's just going to be ronaldo reaching disgusting amounts of goals and and messi's in the middle of it doing both and probably getting like 20 plus like <laughs> but but either way don't know not to get off topic but you're right though but here's the question 
does Ralph align with Mauricio Pochettino? Well, I, I have another hot take, which I don't think Ralph Ragnick's going to stay there. Like, I, I, but, but then I, what gives I think you the he's, confidence I, that it's going to work with Poach? Because if they're already dumping Ralph so soon after that, then it just proves once again that they have no I, idea what they're doing. I have a feeling that they might go for the Arsenal model where Poch has more than a coach's say. Um, okay. And because look, like there are a few models in football, right? You have like at Liverpool, you have like a coach who is also like a bit of a manager. Same with same with City, where like they have definite influence on the signings. At Chelsea, you have like very much a coach who has a say, but again, they have like an organized structure that goes and you know gets the gets the signings done, does the scouting, they they highlight players that they want, and they don't really care about the coach. They just want to stockpile talent, blah blah blah. At Arsenal, you have like almost in a Wenger mold in, in, in what uh, in what um, Arteta is doing. And he's had to reset the culture completely within the three seasons he's been in. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the solution other than like do do that. Um, and I, I think, I don't know if Poch is going to do a great job. I think it is going to be a reasonably good hire. And I'm not saying that just from, like, I'm not saying that like he's going to come in and United are going to come, come into the top four. Right. What I'm saying is, I think he might come in, and there's a reasonably good chance that it's a nice fit, and he he tries to reverse the trajectory. He weeds out all the players that need to go. He resets the club culture, and like Arteta has started to do with Arsenal, gets them on the right trajectory. I don't think he's going to get them top four. I don't think he's going to come in and win trophies. I think he's going to be the guy to do the rebuild. Now, the other option is tent- uh, Targ, right? Which is, which is which yeah. is yeah, which is which is the um which is Ajax the manager. Um for, for the Ajax manager. Again would be really interesting, but like if he comes in, he's used to be he's used to working at the most functional football club ever, probably. <laughs> do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You to go from yeah. that to United, what are the guarantees that he's gonna do well? What are the guarantees? Yeah, but we and, say that with anybody, though, right? But at least you hire the best guy at the same time. For me, what what I really love what he does is is just pet. They almost they could have won that Champions League that year. If it wasn't for that epic collapse, they easily could have beaten. I I thought Liverpool or Barca in a one all game. I think they definitely had the talent to do it. They came back in the conversation. They've been one of the five best teams in the Champions League this year, and they lost that entire core for the most part. Yeah, And the fact that they rebounded like that, just that's the testament of, yes, Ajax, but also a, a fantastic manager to do that in the Champions League. My whole thing is, I, I get you want to let Poach have a little bit more say, maybe Ten Hag has a little bit more say, but the whole point of getting Ralph Ragnick was to let him coach, see what the issues are, identify them, get rid of them in the summer, and then let another manager take over. But if you're not willing to do that, then how do we know that like I, I just don't I just I just think there's one club that needs stability, it's them. And and I know they give actually managers a lot more leeway than some would like to think, uh, especially what they did with Ole. Like he should have been fired way before he was. Um I just don't get how you give Ole all that time and Ralph Ragnick, who has a better track record than most of these guys, less time. And and you had to know going in what you were hiring with that. The guy is brash and I think the best way to sum up who he is was one of his comments, Pet, was when he said, um, I subbed Cristiano Ronaldo off. He was wondering why I did it. And then Rashford scored. And then the reason was there. And to, to pretty much just say, someone has to tell Ronaldo he's not as great as he once was. 
and that there's other options out there that can help us in the future. And I don't think it's him disliking Ronaldo. I think he knows that he's still a great player or goal scorer, at least Um, to the point that United don't need that. Ronaldo is the final piece for another club to help win the Champions League, in my opinion. Him going to carry a garbage side like United at the moment is not a good fit, you know. Right. And and they look just as bad without him as they do with him. Like it, like there's, there's, there's this no is, difference. Yes, th- mm-hmm. th- this is like an absolute. Like I mean, I watched um, what game was it where Cavani started up front? Horrible. Right. And again, look, a lot of people are like, oh, Ragnik wants to play pressing football. Um, And that's fine. But if you have to give and take, like if you start Rashford and Sancho up top and you press really high, then you you've given up like two of the greatest goal scorers of their generation in not playing. And then if you have a chance, who's most likely to score and win you the game? So it's very difficult. Like, I think... um, uh, I, 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 I just, I think United are a mess. I don't think you yeah. can pinpoint this on one specific player. Like Bruno, Bruno Fernandes has been one of the best Premier League signings maybe ever in a January and been great for 18 months. And then the last six months hasn't been as good. Mm-hmm. You, you live and die by the team. And like, I don't, like none of this United team have done well. Some yeah. people have even said like David De Gea has done well and he's he's been good with, you know, shot stopping at times. But like, fuck me, is he bad with his feet? Like, and he makes <laughs> mistakes sometimes. And like, yeah. I just, it's like, I look at United and I'm like, okay, the coach isn't doing an amazing job, but all the players don't want to play. They yeah. are all playing badly. Maybe Fred's mm-hmm. been okay this season. I can't think of anyone else. They've all been awful. Yep. Um, let's move on because we're running out a bit of time. We'll just go uh, fast track here. Uh, we'll just we'll just do Mbappe in the Super League. So, because those kind of tie in a little bit. Um, hundred million euro loyalty bonus, pet. There's nothing like loyalty when money's at the front of it. Just right? before we do this, though, have you seen the new Champions League format confirmed? Uh, confirmed. Um, well, this is from. Did so it just happen as we were recording? Well, I... as we were recording. Okay. Um, I think. I don't know if it's true though. I mean, the tweet is from. Oh, well, it's confirmed or not? There's a big difference. The, the, the tweet, the tweet is from Madrid Zone, but it does have a BT Sport logo on the, on the actual thing. Um, <laughs> you tell so... me you got dupes here. No, no, I, I don't know if I have. Um... How long ago yeah, was I'm... this tweeted? I don't think it's like two hours ago. Hold on, like. Um... So, so UEFA is to... Ex- oh, this is according to the Times, apparently. Uh, the UEFA is to expand the UCL from 32 to 36 teams in 2024. Um, this has provoked furious opposition among mid-sized Premier League clubs by initially reserving two extra spots to be rewarded based on a club's UEFA ranking or coefficient. It would mean, for example, Man United could finish sixth mm. in, the, in, the, in the PL and still qualify for the UCL above a team such as West Ham finishing fifth. Um, Out of way to dumb down Champions League races. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find this graphic. So, this has been tweeted also by Barca Times. I don't know if it will go through. 36 teams total included. Uh, total totally included. Group stages are replaced by one bigger league table. Each team plays 10 games in the first phase, five home, five away, which means there are 100 additional games. <laughs> the top eight sides in the league will 
qualify automatically for the knockout stage. Teams finishing 9th, 24th will compete in a two-legged playoff to secure their path to round 16. I mean, basically sounds like what you see in, like, the Belgian League or basically the NBA. It's just fucking weird. Like, they're doing this to just try and make more money, uh, more games, more TV rights. Shocker, right? And I saw one of the comments which was, like, 100 more games. What the fuck? Like, how are the... How are the players going to cope? And you know, like, I don't feel bad for footballers mostly because look, they made a they make a shit ton of money for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are the product, and making them play more games than what they currently have is just crazy. And that's also what the Super League is going to try and do, which which is what you, I rudely interrupted you talking about, <laughs> right? Um, well, I mean, we were just talking about Mbappe's loyalty bonus being 100 million euros on the table uh, reported, oh, right, oh, right. reportedly, which is just, it falls in line with FFP and the Super League and like, listen, <clears throat> I'll make this very clear. I do not care what a club spends on a player, right? Like for me, if you have money and you want to spend whatever you want, like Kroenke, Stan Kroenke comes out and says, I want to spend 300 million in the transfer market. It's your money. Do whatever the hell you want with it. Don't care. But if we have supposed rules in place that are supposed to prevent clubs and, and, and ownerships from going into bankruptcy or obtaining obscene high amounts of debt, which hasn't worked, by the way, um, why do some of the rules work and some don't? How is it possible that we just talked about how much Ronaldo cost Juventus for a transfer fee, 100 million euros. Kylian Mbappe for a loyalty bonus. A loyalty bonus is 100 million euros rumored. How is that possible? First of all, completely contradicts what loyalty is to begin with. <laughs> you, you, If you're loyal in the first place, you're not going to need 100 million euros to swoon you. Just saying. Just saying. That's just me. Could be wrong. But on top of it, this is PSG's desperate hour. And I found Leonardo's comments really interesting last night, Pet. And I think it's actually kind of the right approach and right thing to say. PSG have to sell Mbappe as to why they are a better club for the rest of, you know, going into his prime and the rest of his peak career than Real Madrid would be, right? Real Madrid is leaps and down bounds a much better club on all aspects. They're bigger. They bring in more money. Um, the, the way they do their transfers are a lot more smarter. Like, like, Ahmed, like they let Veron and Ramos go. They look like geniuses. They really do. And they let Cristiano Ronaldo go at the right time, and they still got a lot of money. Yeah, the Eden Hazard transfer was, was a total flop. Didn't work well. Sometimes their managerial hires are poor. But, I mean, look at PSG for, for God's sake sometimes. For me, I think he still goes to Real Madrid because – I, 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 don't, I don't know because that one I kind of don't believe that that's an offer on the table and two I don't see how that stays and and three for me pet get me the super league at this point if, if the rules don't matter then then let's 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 ruin the competitions let's give every club all the money possible because if you're not going to let certain ownerships spend whatever they want then PSG is able to do what they want in that because I pet I, I genuinely don't understand it how are they allowed to do that how are they allowed to do that? Um, I the short answer is I don't know, but <laughs> right. It's what what I will say a is like a little bit more rhetorical, but yes, Bappe loves Real Madrid, right? 
Like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone knows it. It's the worst kept secret in football. He would have gone last summer if Madrid had the had the actual money, um, rather than doing like a fake. What was it? Fake hundred sixty million euro? Bid. Uh, yeah, hundred seventy five million. If Real Madrid had the real money, like Neymar plus hundred mil, that they would have got Mbappe last summer because PSG would have said, "Okay, well, we still have Neymar, we still have Messi, and we've got three hundred million, even though they don't need the money." Like you know, um, mm-hmm. I think getting Messi did then mean they were like, "Well, fuck it, we want at least a year of these three together, right?" Yeah. Um, so that that was one thing and they were like well if we also have Sergio Ramos it's like well let's just go all out for one year um Wijnaldum as well Wijnaldum and obviously hoping that Verratti stays fit because he's probably you know their most important player I'd probably say not their best oh it's unbelievable right I I have a couple of friends who think he's he's average which is just hilarious Uh, Um, whatever yeah you're a champion champion, right yeah I won't get into it I won't get into it um he he was yeah, he was amazing but like again look like he's gonna go to madrid and he wants some people players want to be the main man like he doesn't like he's but do you agree it, potentially with the with the length of the deal so like i would say without a doubt real madrid um if there was a five-year offer on the table but this is just a two-year offer apparently do you think that changes his mind a little bit in your opinion <sighs> Maybe, but like, what? Because okay. he still gets to play with Messi. Because we know Messi has. A I think it will contract. also. I think it will also be dependent on whether or not they win the Champions League mm. this season. Mm. They mm. win the Champions League, and there's literally zero chance he stays. Zero, zero. They don't. Interesting. They come okay. close again. <sighs> I don't know. If they win the Champions League, they do. They add. What do they add? Where yeah. they got to get another midfielder, without a doubt. Um, Noon Menge is an incredible signing. I thought it, it was the really best. Good. Like you could, Messi, Messi's turned a corner a little bit in 2022, but you could argue it's been their best signing. Um, yeah, it looks really, really good. Ramos, really hard to get rid of that. Maybe he does. Donnarumma's rebound. been Maybe in and out. De- well, which is also like another thing. You will you will get rid of some wages, but you're also increasing Mbappe's wages at the same time. What kind of health does, does Neymar <laughs> give you? Do you get rid of Mauro Icardi, by the way? You know, like, there's some things that they can maneuver. I think, yeah, you think he leaves after that, but you don't see the angle potentially of Mbappe sitting there and saying, okay, we just won the Champions League. Why not uh, push it? Maybe, and, and, but and like, maybe, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how long <laughs> Neymar's contract is there. I think um, he just extended not too long ago, right? So I think he's there for a couple more years. But does Messi have like one? He has a one year. In I think. Well, here, here, here's here. here's my thing with Messi. If Messi has the opportunity to go back to Barcelona and Barcelona can do it, Messi's gone. But I don't Messi, know how. Messi's a free agent. Well, yeah, I don't know how either, man. But <laughs> I don't know how they were able to sign Fernand Tor- for Torres for 65 yeah. million euros in, in, yeah, in the January yeah, yeah. transfer window. And then they had to get rid of some guys just to get them to sign up. And The, the thing in. is, like, Barca have some assets now. Like, they have Depay. They have Aubameyang. They have Frankie de Jong. They've got, you know, they've still got Mtiti. They've got, like, a few other players there that... 
you could do some sort of weird deal with PSG on, but like I, I don't know. It just yeah. it's it feels we'll like see. FIFA at this point. It just it's maybe just... Dembele gets involved. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, although he's on on the free right in the summer, he's gone. Uh, so. I think they're trying to figure out that extension. So that's oh, just kind of on the hypothetical. We'll see. <laughs> um, so we'll kind of just wrap it up towards, I guess, the Super League rumors. Um, yeah, came out again. Most of the club, your club, and well, both both North London clubs are not on the list. It's the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, I don't know. Listen, I, all I got to say is I'm in favor of not having a Super League, but if FFP is not revised in any manner. I don't see why there shouldn't be a drastic change because I still think it's hindering a lot of clubs when we shouldn't like if clubs want to put themselves in these financial situations, which they already have, despite FFP, then let all hell break loose. If, if they go bankrupt, that's on them at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, why, why are we having UEFA telling teams what they can and can't do when the rules don't apply to some, when, when some teams get banned from Europe, when other teams have to sell a lot more. And I understand it's revenue based at times, I, to me, to me, if if it was a sound system that made sense and the rules applied to everyone, I'm cool with it. And I've said, and I've been consistent about that. But it's really gotten to a point where pet is just it's just getting ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And 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 at this point, I get it from the angle of like English fans. You guys are going to be fine no matter what because your club is healthy. Your country yeah. isn't stupid. You guys are not stubborn. You let other teams build stadiums. You get better TV deals. You've earned that. The Premier League has earned that. But, man, if, I, if I'm if i sitting here as a Milan fan with owners that got billions and they're not allowed to spend because UEFA says you can and they've been doing a good job of fixing their financials, I mean, I have I think I have every right to be pissed. I, I really Yeah, do. I... I, I... The way I look at this is like we've got a broken system currently in in UEFA and FIFA being like corrupt shit organizations who take money for for being a federation that should be non for profit, right? Like, yeah, they get well the fifty percent of the money, fifty one percent of the money that's coming in. This falls in line with your Champions League thing, by the way, that you were talking yeah. about. The reformatting is what they're saying is fifty one percent of the TV rights of the new CL format. Uh, goes to UEFA and then 49% goes to the clubs. But you just said they should be non-for-profit. They're taking in the majority. Yeah, like why? For what? <laughs> they... <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. For what? <laughs> like that that's what the clubs must be thinking. Like what the hell are these guys doing? Like, what, I know, what do they need them for? They own I the know, stadiums? Yeah, like UEFA, I know UEFA run Euro 2020 or you, you, all the Euro competitions. FIFA run the World Cup. But again, like I, I don't understand why they'd make so much money from the Champions League because they are not the product the clubs are. And it's like if agents started making more money than players, which look, you know, Mino Rola makes a lot of money. Yeah. But he doesn't make more money than, you know, his best clients. Right? No. Like, I, I just think it's crazy that an in, what is essentially intermediary makes this much money. And... Why won't the clubs want to just go and create their own thing? I said, I said that about Vlahovic, by the way. I was like, you're telling me his agent just pointed north towards Torino, and that was it. He did. Yeah. He got around 10 million euros commission, Pat, for literally going to the only club that he wanted to go to. Yeah. What, like, why? Why do you get 10 million euros for that? If you're Juve, you're in that situation, you have the leverage. Dusan already said no to Arsenal. Why is he getting 10 million euros? Yeah. For what? What did you do? Give him, give him 500,000, 500, call it a day. 
that's enough. But anything else before we wrap up here? Because I know you got a jet, and I got no, a no, no, no. We both have to go. But like, it's uh, yeah, bizarre, strange times in football. And look, like when the Premier League broke away, uh, there was also disdain and, and confusion. When the Champions League replaced the European Cup, there was also like, oh, what's this going to be like? Are we mm-hmm. defeating the purpose of the European Cup? And obviously it was for the better. This time we're quite certain it's not going to be for the better. But is that just because we've gotten used to like what the shitty situation that football is currently in already? And if I had to choose who gets more money, clubs or UEFA or FIFA, who are like knowingly corrupt, like we are about to have a World Cup in Qatar. Like, they are knowingly corrupt organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't sever ties with sponsors or anything right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, what can you do? Just anyway, look, I won't, I, we won't get more into the politics of this. Sure. Um, all right, yeah, so we'll wrap it on up here. You can follow Pet at P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A on Twitter. I like the way you say it better. I should have let you know that. Um, and then obviously you can follow Santangelo at Matt underscore Santangelo. I mean, this kid comes, comes back like every week or so, like got another thousand followers. He's a juggernaut. He's unbelievable. He's a superhuman. Um, he's doing real well with the Milan report stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Martino Puccio and go follow proper football at PF one thirty seven PM. We, uh, we had the interview with Baratium city just dropped yesterday. So that was really cool. It was a, it was a great interview uh, with him. Really well done. Really proud of that work. Um, yeah. And the champions league returns for next week. Hopefully we could do these episodes uh, on a regular basis. We've been real slack. And since we've all gotten the jobs again, we say that almost every episode, we apologize. We are a part of the 90 min net, um, 90 min football network still. So shout out to Harry, uh, by the way, I hope he's doing well. Um, did I miss anything else, Pet? I think that's pretty no, much I it. No, I don't think so. Any, oh, your newsletter. Subscribe. Oh to yes. My note, my newsletter. Yeah. Sporting crypto. Hit that up. Morning crypto, yes, 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 yes. Ethereum, baby, Ethereum. Um <laughs> and by Pierre Kalulu on So Rare, if you haven't already, I've been bullying John Nellis every single time I, <laughs> about it. Um yeah, other than that, you can listen to some Joaquin. Take care, everyone.